Hey, string beans. You're listening to That Slayer Show. I'm Madeline Kane. And I'm Kate Schroeder. This is season one, episode six, The Pack. And this week we're watching through the theme of desperation. We are super excited to get into this episode. But first, we will have the one-minute recap. Keita, shall I count you in? Yes, please, Madeline. Okay, three, two, one, recap. Okay, so it starts off in a zoo, and there's like a group of bullies that are being mean to everyone, including Buffy. Yeah, and then the bullies are also mean to this guy named Lance, and they go into a hyena cage that's off limits right and then xander goes in with them because he wants to like save lance but then all the bullies and also xander like their eyes turn green yeah and then they all get really mean afterward i mean the bullies were already mean but then xander gets mean too and buffy and willow are worried about him right and then uh he's like hanging out with them a lot so buffy goes to giles and is like xander's doing all these weird things and giles is like oh he's just a boy and that's testosterone right and then it turns out that willow comes in and is like oh they ate they actually ate a pig and then giles is like okay so maybe something is going on that doesn't seem normal Right. And so then Buffy like goes to talk to Xander, but then like he's like weird and like basically tries to rape her. And then simultaneously, the rest of the gang of bullies eat Principal Flutie. Right. And then they talk to the zookeeper who's like the the, the highness spirit is in these kids. And then Buffy leads them there and she saves the day and the zookeeper dies. All right. Keita, that was a pretty great recap. But was there anything in there that we missed? So I think it would be good to just highlight that the zookeeper was trying to get the spirit of the hyena. So basically all these kids had the hyena spirit enter them. But yes, so so the zookeeper basically plays everyone until the very end. And then Buffy does end up killing him, of course. Yeah. Keita, where did you see desperation in this episode? So kind of the things that I was thinking about before the episode were what incites desperation like what makes us feel desperate and also how does it affect our actions so one of the first things i was thinking about as i was watching was specifically with this pack of bullies is there desperation in their actions and how they're behaving to lance and buffy and probably other kids as well and is bullying maybe a result of desperation that they're feeling elsewhere in their lives i love that compassionate and empathetic view toward the motivations of these bullies i was so so focused on desperation even when they were bullying for example buffy or lance i was thinking about how i often feel desperation when i want to fit in and like when i am being bullied but i love the idea of focusing on desperation through the actions of the bullies and what's motivating them to act so mean (laughs) to their peers. Are they so desperate maybe for validation or for feelings of power that they are willing to just put others down so that they feel good about themselves? Maybe they're so desperate for a sense of belonging and community that it's played out in the way they spend their time together and how they act towards other people when they are together. Right. Like the only way that they can feel like they are part of a community, the way that they bond with each other is by being mean to people who are other. Madeline, what spots made you sort of see the theme? I wanted to get into desperation with you specifically around Willow and Xander's relationship. So sometimes 
especially toward the beginning of the episode, Willow is really wanting Xander's approval and attention. When Xander's mean to Willow, she says, oh, did I do something wrong? She immediately, like her judgment is a little skewed because of potentially her desperation for Xander. I find that I'm the most desperate for someone's approval when I'm feeling the most insecure about myself. And so I think that's really shining through it with Willow in this. Although later we see that her desperation doesn't go so far as to like affect her judgment at the point when it really matters when her life is in the balance. Later in the episode, Xander, who is possessed by a hyena, is kind of in this enclosure in the library and is luring Willow toward him. And he thinks he's tricking her when in reality she knows what he's doing and she actually is exercising good judgment and doesn't let him out of the cage despite all of his uh, manipulations to try to to try to make her do that. I also think it's a little bit of desperation that she's saying, is it me? Is is it you? She's not blaming Buffy, but I think she is sort of saying the problem is anywhere but Xander. Right. She has put Xander on this pedestal where she can't, even when he's acting completely unlike himself, she cannot acknowledge his flaws. She is not so desperate as to let him out or believe him when he says nice things just to trick her. I think she just has a desperation to be desired by someone, but I think of the strength of her character and in the end her confidence in herself and the fact that she knows Xander is stronger than her insecurity. Yeah, and what I'm also seeing as we're talking through this is that her while her insecurity is there, it just makes it all the more impressive how level-headed she is when she's alone with Xander in the library at the end. It actually reminds me of the very first episode when we see her being kind of quiet and not standing up for herself at school. But then at the end, when she is being attacked in the mausoleum, she does stand up for herself and she does fight back. And it's a trend, I think, with Willow where she is a fast learner. And so maybe at the beginning of the episode, she she might be having emotions that are keeping her from really embodying her self-confidence. But when it counts, like when her life is in the balance, she always she always stands up for herself and is always just acting admirably. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think, where is the tipping point between the desperation that we see in the beginning and it coming down to the line, Xander having done something pretty terrible and Willow not falling for him trying to trick her? Is it just she learns quickly and once she sees the truth, she's really able to accept it? Or is there something else? Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the key tipping point is when Giles and Buffy and Willow, they all figure out that it definitely is the hyena possessing Xander. Whereas before when he's mean to her, they don't know that (laughs) there's not actual evidence that Xander is anyone but himself, even though he's acting not like himself. Before that, it leaves more room for Willow's insecurity to take hold. Whereas after that, when there is something evidence to point to, like, no, he's actually a hyena, that allows her to do away with that insecurity a little bit and be have better judgment, maybe. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because Willow, obviously, you know, she's super smart and she's also, I think she's maybe a pretty logical thinker. She's really good at like science and she gives amazing with computers so maybe her desperation sort of stemmed from the fact that she just didn't really know what was going on she didn't have anything to point to so once she had the answer she can be really certain and sure and act with 
decisiveness. Wow, I love that because that feels very real to me. I think about times in my life where I've been the most desperate. I've talked a little bit about when I that I was sick for a long time. And for a long time, um, we didn't know why I was sick. I just had all of these bizarre symptoms that were really debilitating. But the not knowing and not having a clear direction of how to how to make it better made me feel very desperate. And even when I got a diagnosis, even when that was a somber diagnosis and kind of a bleak day, it was also so relieving to have direction and just have some answers. And so that just parallels like a little bit Willow's experience. You know, she's feeling the most desperate when she doesn't know what's going on. Did you think there was desperation at all in the zookeeper? I don't know if he had a name, like his desire to have the hyena spirit inhabit him. I don't think I was able to bring the compassion to the surface for the zookeeper as I might have been able to for the bullies. It felt like sort of a power hungry sort of move. It might have been desperation, but I think it might also have been greed. Mm-hmm. We also don't know very much about his backstory to bring a lot of compassion. And I think I have a little bit more space to bring that for high school students who have less control over their lives in a really concrete sort of way than maybe the zookeeper does. Right. I wonder what you think about the parallel between Willow's desperation to be noticed by Xander and also Xander's desperation to be noticed by Buffy. Mm. I liked hearing the conversation between Willow and Buffy at the bronze where Willow talks about how much she likes Xander and Buffy is just, you know, a good friend and a good listener. Buffy never really reacts to Xander's advances. And I think that's because she has always known that Willow is into Xander. And I wonder what you could see of Xander's desperation on this point when he was possessed by a hyena. Well, there is one very obvious situation, I guess. Okay, let me first answer the first part about any parallels. The big difference that I see between Willow pining over Xander and Xander pining over Buffy is that I think Xander genuinely doesn't know that Willow is into him. Whereas I think Buffy definitely knows because Xander makes it super clear. So that's one difference. I'm not sure how that connects to desperation, except for the fact that it's really bold of Xander, who probably knows that Buffy knows that Xander's into him. Do you think that Xander knows that Buffy knows that Xander's into her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is he oblivious to the fact that she's rejecting him, basically? Yes. I don't think he is. In that case, I think it makes his actions of continuing to advance on her more desperate. Yeah. Than Willow. Not in that he cares more about Buffy than Willow cares about Xander. I think it's the opposite. But it does feel more desperate in that he's acting in irrational ways. Yeah. Irrational being that he keeps pursuing this person who has not explicitly put him down, but implicitly. I think he gave some things away when he was possessed that did reflect the level to which he might be aware of all of this. I think he said something about how Willow was into him. Oh, I think yeah. he did sort of give away that You're he's right. aware of that, that Willow's always moving right. over him. I'm trying to figure out how what desperation's role is in all of this. I think it does have an effect. And I was thinking about how it seems that everyone is really aware of how desperate Xander is to be liked by Buffy and noticed by Buffy. 
And I wonder if everyone noticing how desperate he is for that makes them let him get away with things that he should not get away with. Yeah. I think what what you're saying is sometimes desperation when seen in young men for women, it's treated as like a good quality, like maybe persistence or something when he's actually... I mean, even with how I approach desperation, I first thought of desperation in regards to Willow. And I, I think as a society, maybe we tend to think as women as being desperate. But when guys are really into girls and continually pursuing them, we think that they're just being persistent or like their love is so pure or something. But it's like, no, that's actually inappropriate behavior. Yeah, absolutely. At the very end, he lies about remembering. He does remember everything that happens, but he pretends he doesn't. And the girls also don't tell him about all the bad things he did. What do you think about that last scene? I would love to have seen both a Willow and Buffy, especially Buffy, having just been assaulted by him. I wish that the situation was such that they felt comfortable being honest with him about what he put them both through. I know that's a really hard thing for people to talk about, so I don't want to put the onus too much on them. But Buffy's experience with the assault, basically she plays the whole thing way down when in reality it was really intense and really scary. Normally Buffy is really strong. I mean, she is really strong, but Xander also we saw had these supernatural strength imbued in him because of the hyena possession. And so that was a scary moment probably for Buffy. And even if she felt like she couldn't talk to Xander about it, because that's a super tough thing to do, I hope she sometime will tell maybe her mom or Willow or like a f- other friend or a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Willow had a really terrible experience with Xander too. He was really violent and scary. They both had really traumatic experiences with Xander this episode. And I wonder if their mutual friendship with him was what made it so hard for them to talk about it. I wonder if they were in a way desperate to not have to face the things that Xander had done. Yeah, what it really reminded me of was when boys or men get drunk and don't remember what they do. And then the person who they did things to now is in a position to have to relive that experience by telling them. Or what's easier is to not go through that themselves, not go through the discomfort of that conversation. And so sometimes they end up not saying anything. And so I know it wasn't Xander's fault that he was possessed by a hyena, which is a key difference in that people who get drunk and black out and then do harmful things when they're drunk often know the consequences of drinking. And so that is more on them. And But in this case, obviously, Xander didn't choose to become possessed by a hyena. So I don't want to draw too much of a parallel, but that is what that scene at the end reminded me of. I kind of want to draw a parallel, though. I think it's definitely a situation in groups of friends where if a friend who was really drunk does something like try to assault one of those friends, they wouldn't want to talk about it to their other friends in case those people say, hey, no, they wouldn't do that. Exactly. Like maybe Willow doesn't want to tell Buffy all of those things in case Buffy is saying. But we love Xander. We love Xander. Xander loves you. Why would he do that? Maybe she would say it's not so bad. Because Xander said some pretty scary things to Buffy aside from just his strength. Maybe Buffy was worried that if she said something to Willow about it, Willow might have brought up how, oh, well, Buffy, you're like the slayer and you're really strong. Was it really that scary? So maybe there was. Yeah, exactly. And also with Buffy telling Willow, I wonder if Buffy might feel any trepidation about telling Willow 
because she knows that Willow likes Xander. And so she might feel like, would that hurt Willow's feelings to know that Xander, while being super mean to Willow, was like trying to come on to Buffy, even if it was really violent? Would the thing that sticks to Willow be the sadness around Xander sort of choosing Buffy? Right. Madeline, were there any things that you really liked in this episode? So one thing that I really liked was seeing Willow, who was emotionally pretty abused this episode by one of her closest, oldest friends. We see her be really emotionally brave and just doesn't fall for Xander's tricks, despite how desperately she really probably wants to hear the things Xander is saying. I'm referring to when they're in the library toward the end of the episode. And I really liked seeing that side of Willow and... It's so much more impressive to see her not fall for Xander's manipulations, knowing how broken she was by his really wickedness earlier in the episode. After the dodgeball game, Xander and Willow are talking later, and Xander is pretending like he's about to tell Willow he's into her by saying, my feelings about you are changing. Uh, we, you're my oldest friend. I've known you so long. And I just, I'm really like just getting the nerve to tell you that I dropped geometry. And now I don't have to see your gross pale face ever again. It's not exactly word for word the quote, but that's generally what he said. And that, that was really mean. And it, you know, brings Willow to tears. Yeah. And I loved how she, after that dodgeball game, he wasn't alone. He was with these other people, but she walked up to him and called him out for how he'd been behaving. I got goosebumps. That's so cool of Willow. What did you like, Keita? Oh my gosh. Okay. You brought it up. The dodgeball game (laughs) montage. Yes. So action packed. Maybe that could have been filmed differently, but I think the way it was filmed really captured what an actual high school dodgeball game is like. Yeah, that shit is cutthroat. (laughs) I really liked people sort of needlessly dodging and weaving. Right. Like they were dancing. Right. Demonstrations of athleticism. Yeah, that are completely unnecessary. (laughs) All that was missing was someone throwing themselves to the floor to roll out of the way. (laughs) It was amazing. Yeah. I too also liked at the end of the dodgeball game, the only person left is Buffy against the whole pack and also Lance is left and then the pack turns on Lance. And so obviously that's a bad, that was like a, a weird weird tactical move yeah although i liked the parallel to the animal instincts of preying on the weak it seems like they all had the animal instinct that buffy is really strong yeah and therefore instead of preying on her they're gonna prey on the weak even if it's someone on their own team which is actually odd the fact that he was weak was more important than the fact that he was part of their team yeah anything else I really liked how nonchalant she was when she dragged him in. She was just like, yeah, I hit him with a desk. That's actually something else I was wondering. Like, was the event traumatic for her or was it actually not that traumatic because of her strength? And so maybe she was never actually that scared. It seemed like she was. But I do wonder, are we projecting? Are we projecting? I worry. Yeah. 
I think there's value maybe in recognizing that things like that that happen in TV shows should maybe be talked about, respecting the extent to which they can be harmful to people. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe because of Buffy's strength and confidence and just how much of a non-threat Xander is to her. Right, right. Even as a hyena. She's yeah. maybe never actually that worried. But emotionally, that would it would still be hard to have that experience with someone and then still be friends with them. She and Willow are very forgiving. They're very forgiving. So, Madeline, what didn't you like about this episode? Keita, a glaring thing that irked me throughout the entire episode was the characterization of Africa. At the beginning of the episode, the zookeeper describes the hyenas as they're, you know, straight from Africa, as though Africa is maybe a country when in reality it's an entire continent. And then later in the episode, when Giles is describing the Maasai people, he basically makes up a bunch of stuff about the Maasai tribe. He says the Maasai of the Serengeti have spoken of animal possession for generations which is untrue from what I could find in my research. Although there are tribes that do think spirit possession exists, the Maasai tribe is not one of them. It it really feels frustrating because there's a history of mischaracterizing and homogenizing the diversity of Africa. And it really erases the culture of the Maasai people who do have a really rich history It feels like Giles and the zookeeper. It feels like the entire episode. Okay, I'm going to say it. It feels like the writers just like lumped all African tribes into a hat and like pulled one out for a name and pulled one out for a characteristic and like called it a day. We try to sort of give agency to the characters, but I think this was definitely a time to call out the writers and the show itself. And it does feel very violent, especially when we talk about how this is a very white show. It feels very glaring that a show that is so steeped in whiteness would really single out a single group of people that live on the continent of Africa to ascribe these animalistic traits, actions, practices to. I really like that you point out that it is a really white show, which makes this transgression feel much worse. They're making up qualities about an actual people as a tool to propel the plot. It's like another form of exploitation. Uh, What did you not like, Keita? (laughs) We've touched on this a little bit before, so I'm going to go a little specifically into how Giles is handling his role as sort of a watcher for Buffy, but also as maybe a potential mentor for Willow and Xander, specifically Xander. So when Buffy comes to him with all of these things that Xander is doing that are weird, and he says, oh, well, he's being a, a teenage boy, I'm afraid. He is, first of all, uh, writing off the things that Xander is doing that are really mean and weird and wrong, and also he's laying the Boys Will Be Boys Foundation. I would just like to see... Giles be a little bit more active in maybe calling Xander into a discussion about Xander's own behavior. You know, maybe it's not Giles' responsibility, but I think it kind of is. At the end of the episode, Giles is the only one who knows that Xander remembers all those things he did, and he just lets that go. 
I agree. It feels like Giles is in the position to just have a talk with him. It's just an, a different iteration of boys will be boys. He says, testosterone is the great equalizer. It turns all men into morons. And he says boys can be cruel really dismissively when Buffy is describing to him some of the things Xander has done. Right. And maybe that's why, I mean, I don't think Giles it can be a mentor to Xander because he doesn't think Xander did anything wrong. Whatever Buffy's feelings are about her experience of near assault with Xander by Xander, if it did have an emotional impact on her, then Giles has just shown that he's not a person she can go to about that. Yeah. So we're going to do something different this episode. Rather than playing Fuck, Mary Kill, we are going to do something a little fresh, a little new. Kate, do you want to explain? Sure. We are going to, for the next couple episodes, be giving little pieces of advice to our characters, offering little insights that we, not as wise people, but as people who are not them, <laughs> think might be helpful in their general pursuit of living. <laughs> so, Madeline, do you have any advice that you'd like to give to our characters? So my first piece of advice is for Giles to not be dismissive of Buffy when she comes to you with a suspicion. We saw that with episode four when Buffy came to Giles with complaints about Miss French. And then we saw it again in this episode where she has legitimate concerns and her, you know, slayer intuitions are going off and Giles is super dismissive. So my advice is to you, Giles, to please listen to Buffy and acknowledge that her words have weight and matter. And you're actually not the expert in all things slaying. <laughs> Love that. Kato, what, what advice do you have for one of the characters? So my advice is for Xander. And at the end of the episode, he knows what he's done, but is pretending he didn't. And he sort of gives Willow a big hug and says something nice to her. And so my advice to Xander is don't be building Willow up with really sweet words and like touchy-feely things because you feel bad. That's just not gonna, it's not good for her. It's just gonna make her feel good in the moment, but you're just kind of leading her on. So I'd like to see Xander be honest with them and also not play with Willow's emotions just so he feels better. Thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode of That Slayer Show. If you like this episode, share and subscribe. And also give our Instagram account a follow at That Slayer Show. Our cover art was created by Holly Colvin. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Thank you for listening. See ya. Bye. <laughs>